one niche in programming that I personally have no experience with is building mobile applications. Well, luckily today, we have an expert to teach us all about it. Tamira James, who is the founder of Technogal LA and a developer evangelist, will be teaching us all about it. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ladybug Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Allie. And I'm Emma. And we're debugging the tech industry. AWS Amplify is a suite of tools and services that enables developers to build full-stack serverless and cloud-based web and mobile apps using their framework or technology of choice on the front end. Using Amplify, you can quickly get up and running with things like hosting, authentication, managed GraphQL, serverless functions, APIs, machine learning, chatbots, and storage for files like images, videos, and PDFs. Amplify is built especially in a way to enable traditionally front-end developers like myself to be successful because they can use their existing skill set to build real-world full-stack apps that in the past would require deep knowledge around back-end, DevOps, and scalable infrastructure. The Amplify console then allows you to use a GitHub repository to deploy a globally available CDN with CI and CD built in. To learn more, visit aws-amplify.github.io. Are you a developer looking for your next challenge? Meet Shopify. They're on a mission to make commerce better for everyone, and they do things a bit differently. They don't tell you how to solve problems. They give you the tools, trust, and autonomy to build new solutions. They don't want you to work alone. They're structured so you can leverage the diverse perspectives across teams in everything you do. And they don't pretend to have all the answers. They're big enough for you to tackle problems at scale, but small enough for you to discover and solve new problems. If you're a builder at heart who wants to solve highly technical problems, if you want to take all of your life experiences and apply them to a blank canvas, or if you want to access really powerful tools, Shopify is the place for you. Visit shopify.com careers today. Tamira, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you and to learn all about mobile dev. Because as we were saying in the pre-recording slot, um, Emma and I have no idea about mobile development. So this will be big for us. And we can ask the beginner questions and they will be super genuine because we genuinely have no idea. Um, First off, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yes. So... um... First of all, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, love, love, love the show and, and, and love all of you ladies. Um, and I think we met uh, in Amsterdam at a conference once. We met in Amsterdam. Yes, I had a great time in Amsterdam. I think that was, um, oh, I forget what conference that was, but it was. It was Friend and Developer Love, UJS. Uh, yes, absolutely. Amsterdam. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so it, it, the podcast has definitely grown from then. So, um, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, who am I? Uh, Tamara James. I, uh, am the founder of Technical LA, uh, as you mentioned, and basically Technical LA was a, a meetup group that I started, um, with my family here in LA just for, um, women, um, it was typically actually for a uh, younger age girls. So like in the high school age range, um, to kind of get them into STEM related things. And then next thing you know, we had like women who were like in the midst of like career transitions coming through. We had like stay at home moms coming through. Um, and then we had college students coming through. So it was just like, you know, now it's like, a you know, women of all ages coming into, you know, just have employment opportunities, learning opportunities, networking opportunities, mentorship opportunities, um, you know, just in STEM and excelling in, 
tech. So we do that um, here in LA, hoping to expand. We actually just um, moved into our nonprofit status, which is a huge deal. Um, yeah, yeah, thank congrats, you. Congrats. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I am just really ecstatic about that. And, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with just me building communities and really being deeply embedded in the uh, developer community, um, which rolls over into my other title, which is a developer evangelist. So, you know, everything from, you know, speaking at conferences, uh, giving technical talks at um, different um, tech events and developer based events. Um, you know, which is now turned virtual, of course, but, uh, you know, giving all kinds of workshops, um, connecting, um, via meetups, just basically doing things to make developers lives a lot better and, you know, using different, just cool platforms and technologies to, you know, introduce, um, to the developer community in order to like make their workflow a lot, um, more convenient. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely love what I do. That's great. Well, we're thankful for you too, because anything that makes our lives easier is a uh, very yes, good. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm curious about your path to becoming a developer, um, because I know, like, when I was in school, I didn't learn about mobile development at all. I didn't know it was a career field. Um, so, could you tell us a bit more about how you got into evangelism and um, iOS development? Yeah, just my path to tech was definitely a non-traditional pathway. Um, just First of all, me coming from, I didn't come from a, a, a tech-based uh, surrounding, so there wasn't a lot of STEM um, you know, influences around me, uh, but I, I was more based actually in the entertainment realm. So I was a little bit of a child star. I was like performing, singing all over, I was singing at Madison Square Garden. I was, you know, my, my mom was my momager. I mean, we had the whole nine. (laughs) (laughs) We had the whole nine going, you know, so, um, raised in New Jersey and then moved to, um, Atlanta. And it was in Atlanta where I kind of caught the, uh, STEM bug. Um, so I went to a performing arts high school. I ended up, um, running around my junior year, I ran into a flyer that said, hey, uh, we are looking for high school age students to um, to basically be high school interns um, at these tech companies throughout the metro Atlanta area. And, you know, and I saw all these different keywords. It was like, oh, web design, uh, web development, this and that. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is, you know, and, and I, I say this every time I tell my story, I have to tell this part like of this trait that I had, I'm so blessed to have the trait of curiosity, basically being at least five, once you're 5% interested in something, like just looking into it at the very least, just look into it. And that is what pulled me towards there. Um, and I was just like, wow, I think I need to try this. And they're like a thousand dollars for the summer. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to try this. Um, <laughs> you know, that was a big deal. It's like, 16, 17. So, um, yeah, so I tried it, uh, for, I did it for two summers. I was a web, um, designer and then I turned into, it turned into a web development. Um, and that was probably, that was the most productive two summers that I've had. It was so eye opening to just see all the opportunities in STEM 
And I was just so attracted to it. And I was just so excited about that. And I was like, you know what, this is the route I want to take. And, you know, to, um, you know, I had done so much in music and music was still my number one love and passion. And, um, you know, I was in the right mind to just go forward with that as my primary career. But I always said I never wanted to go to college for music. Um, I wanted to uh, go to college for something else. I needed something as like a um, so, something that was going to be a solid skill for me outside of music. Um, and I was just like, computer science is it. So I, I basically I had a whole like uh, roadmap planned out for myself in my mind. I said, OK, computer science. But what am I going to do with that? So I'm thinking, great, you know, go to college for computer science, graduate. And what do I want to do? I think I want to go straight into mobile development. Um, You know, this is after doing research and, you know, really looking into like, what are the other outlets when it comes to STEM? And I was just like, I want to, I want to go into mobile development. And the reason why is because, you know, at that time, I saw where the phone, the technology and the phones were going. Um, at that time, I think we were still on flip phones. Uh, the cameras were new. We were like, oh my goodness, you got the flip phone with the camera. Selfie game strong. Yes. Oh my, oh my, <laughs> so fuzzy, so blurry. Um, but we, I mean, you can tell us that we were like, you know, this is our, that was our generation. We were like, oh my gosh, you got the camera. And, uh, yeah. And then, you know, the iPhone, like the, the birth of the iPhone, um, you know, and the apps on the phone. And I saw the, basically I had a vision. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be something that is so powerful. Basically we're not going to be able to live without our phone. So if I want to make the most impact and the heaviest like impact, as a developer, um, I think mobile is the way to go. So that, that's all I was really after was impact, influence, you know, um, having that reach, you know, just being in people's pockets, you know. Um, and yeah, so that, that's really what pulled me towards mobile development. I was really, really attracted to it. So I had this whole plan in mind. Uh, I went to college, uh, did about a year of that. computer science. Um, and I ended up dropping out. I ended up dropping out for several reasons. Uh, one being financial reasons and not, uh, on on the academic side, but mostly, um, I I went, I actually moved to California to go to school. So, uh, from Atlanta to California. So, uh, there was a, there was, you know, there was issues with the room and board, there was um, issues also with just kind of the the environment, shall I say, the environment. There was no foundation for computer science students at my school, you know. And I would say, like, if you're going to go to college for something as niche as computer science, you need to go to a to an institution that has a foundation for that kind of community, like for for that kind of profession because, you know, that's really what you go to school for. You go to school for the network. You go to school for the foundation. You go to school for the platform to be able to excel to the next level, you know, um, you know, post-graduation. So 
my school didn't have any of that. They basically treated computer science as an elective. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was no like, I had to beg for a tutor. I had to beg for like any kind of just opportunity. Like that, no, they, at the college, put it like this, at the career fair, like no one was looking for a computer science. Like they, they didn't have any recruiters come specifically looking for programmers or anything like that. They were looking for people in marketing and in X, Y, and Z. So again, my computer science department, they, they didn't even, they really didn't even care. Um, not to mention just, again, the social structure, you know, no women in, 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 the, in the classroom, me being one of three women and the only woman in the, uh, woman of color in the undergraduate program. So it was just a lot. Mm. Everything was kind of, I felt like it was pushing me out. And I took the leap. My mom was like my biggest cheerleader, surprisingly. And, um, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I probably, I'm, I'm going on and on, but <laughs> I promise you we're getting no. to the promise land. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so basically left school and I decided I'm not going to, after like a moment of being lost and trying to figure out where I'm going to go, what's going to happen next, how am I going to basically move forward? Um, I decided that, you know what, I'm still me. I'm still going to push forward. You know, I'm still smart. Tamira, who, who's, you know, who loves computers and um, I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with it. I'm going to go with my dream of mobile development. And when I looked online, I was highly, highly upset. All of these free resources that I was like, that I was missing out on just because I didn't look into it. I just said, okay, I got to go to college. I got to go to, and I looked online and basically the first thing I saw was Stanford's free CS 101 course. Uh, and I was heated. Because <laughs> I went to a private like four year <laughs> university, and I'm like, oh, this is like a waste of money. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was like, I'm right oh my gosh, this is a waste. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I kind of just drowned myself in um, any kind of like mobile development resources courses. Um, I didn't have any job or anything like that. I just kind of went forward. Um, went for it. I um. I lived with my mom who had moved out, you know, un- she, she didn't even, she didn't know I was leaving school. She didn't, you know, we didn't plan for that, but she moved out, um, to California to kind of, you know, our, our family moved out there. So I was so grateful for that. So I was able to stay with my mom. Uh, and she, she just helped me through everything. And I really, really just studied my craft. So I, I got into iOS development that kind of drew me in. Um, and I just focused on that. You know, a lot of people you're talking about getting started in mobile development, choose a route, choose a route, explore and choose a route. You have to, you have to sharpen your skills in one area before you try to just, you know, go into everything at once. There's so many different resources and so many different uh, technologies out there. And it's good to like try them, but you want to make sure you become an expert in at least one. You want to be strong in at least one of them in order to 
be valuable and and have some valuable skills when it comes to like starting your career. So uh, I I focused in iOS development, uh, fast forward, um, me landing my first role in, uh, as an iOS engineer here in LA and, uh, yeah, onward and forward from there. That was kind of like my journey. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, it's really cool to meet someone who's so uh, versatile in their skill set. Like you mentioned, you did web development and you did um, iOS development and um, design. And it's like you can really it was cool to see that you tested out a bunch of different things and then found the one that you were really passionate about. Um, and I also think it's really great that you just told your story about how you actually left college because mm-hmm. I think that'll resonate with many people. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. That yeah. And I, I was so nervous about that because I was just like, when I first left, I didn't know that the the industry, like the developer community was like filled with mostly college dropouts, basically. And I just felt like, what mm-hmm. am I going to do? Like I have no, you know, school, school is structure. I'm like, I have no structure. I have no, you know, that's how I'm going to get the jobs. How am I going to? And when I really did the research again, I was like, oh my gosh, like the pillars of the industry are made up of college dropouts. <laughs> like, like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I can, I can do yeah. this. I, okay. I can, I can do this. I'm just not going to worry about, um, trying to catch up with this or catch up like, I'm in my own space and not comparing to my, that's another thing that I enjoy by studying myself. I wasn't comparing myself to anybody. I wasn't mm-hmm. saying this student is farther along than I am. Um, and I really had a chance to dive into what, um, you know, that, that just being an autodidact basically. That's very true. I think I just tweeted about that today. I'm like, if you went the day that you stop comparing yourself to other people and you start comparing yourself to yourself, um, is when you make the most progress. And my shout out at the end of this episode, um, will be a book that actually helped me come to this realization. So stay to the, stay, stay tuned to the end for that. But, um, I'm curious, what is your day-to-day like? As, like, what can a mobile dev expect hmm, day-to-day? A mobile developer, let's see. Well, um, and it all depends on the company, right? Uh, now, me, myself, I worked with mostly startups, and it was pretty much a similar process. So a typical day for me was coming into the office uh, and really, I guess, about 15 to 30 minutes within us, like coming into the office, there would be a stand-up. We would go over the things that we um, kind of accomplished the day before uh, or throughout the throughout the week, uh, uh, building up into the day before. Um, and some issues that we came across that we're, we may be struggling with, we need help uh, from other members on the team or just kind of throwing it out there and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, uh, people from, you know, other members of the team will kind of open themselves up and say, Hey, I can help with that. Or, um, just kind of give their input on it. Um, and also kind of declare your goals for the, the rest of that day or what you're trying to get done. So there'll be, um, anywhere from depending upon how you, how big your team is and what the uh, standard is as far as how long, your standup should be. 
Uh, it should be anywhere from like 30, the first 30 minutes to an hour. Um, so you do your stand up and basically you knock out your goals for that day. Uh, it can be anything from, um, you know, uh, feature add-ons to uh, bug fixes to, um, you know, working on uh, an SDK to uh, also, again, helping out uh, another team member on something that they may have been struggling with. So, you know, it can really, really vary. It's just like, basically, it's not, it's not too far off from, you know, a normal, like, you know, basically SWE role. You get, you, you kind of knock out the tickets and, um, you know, yeah, it's just, the fun is in the the process. The fun is in the code. So if you love coding, you love building, you love learning, your day is going to be full of that. You love just the feeling of um, really challenging yourself. Mobile development, no matter how much of an expert you are, can be um, a positive challenge for you. So uh, it's, it's constantly changing, no matter which technology. It could be iOS, it could be Android, it could be whatever. Um, you know, it's the, the, the market is constantly changing. So yeah, you always learning new things and, uh, yeah. Then seeing your awesome results in the user's hands, of course. That's awesome. Okay. So again, we're total newbies to the world of mobile dev. So what technologies go into first mobile development in general, what does that whole ecosystem look like? But then also specifically, what does an iOS dev work with? So let's say, oh, I'm not even going to give it a background, just any kind of background, starting with mobile development. There's so many different things. You can be over, really overwhelmed with the variety of different uh, technologies um, and languages also that are, you know, that support mobile development or geared towards mobile development. Um, One of the more popular ones, especially that web developers uh, are running to, of course, uh, that are more like on the cross-platform side, meaning you maybe want to start with something that is not so niche to one device or, or, or one OS um, that would be something like uh, React Native, right? So React Native, for those you don't know, um, React Native is a um, framework that was built by Facebook. Um, and you can use JavaScript basically to build um, iOS uh, applications as well as uh, Android applications. So it's become really, really popular, not only just because, um, you know, Facebook is kind of the the big platform and the big, um, you know, just entity that pushes it. But just basically, it, it's so easy to get started. Um, and a lot of people have, especially coming from that web development realm, something that's really, really comfortable. You can, it's just really an additional framework um, when you when you look at it, and there's so many different frameworks, of course, when it comes to JavaScript. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and but React Native is just one of those things that is probably um, the the most convenient when it comes to just getting started, and also again having that cross platform kind of flexibility, um, and not just being catering to like one um, device or, or platform. Um, so React Native is probably the top one and just getting started with that, um, 
you would just need that JavaScript um, experience, which I feel like JavaScript is such a, a powerful language and this is such a deep, deep, deep community to be a part of, uh, you know, uh, just developers who are more um, uh, savvy when it comes to uh, using JavaScript, the love-hate relationship that developers have with it. Uh, but it's, it's definitely one of the more um, flexible and just supported languages uh, out there. So that's a good one. And then um, if you want to go more niche, um, you know, or let's, so before we go to niche, there's another one that I do want to mention that I've actually played around with as well. So there's another framework that is really popular as well for uh, cross-platform um, development. And that is Flutter, okay? Um, and Flutter is a framework that was actually created by Google. That It's a little bit, it's a little bit more different just because you're, it's not something that you can use with... Um, with a prior a, a prior language, right? A, a language that you're you, you're coming from another uh, your familiar language. You have to learn a new language called Dart, which was created by Google. Um, so a lot of people get confused. They're like, "Oh, I'm building with Flutter," and Flutter is the framework um, that you're using and that you're building with. And Dart is the actual language that um, you're utilizing um, throughout that process. So. Yeah, so learning Dart, and Dart is a very simple, a fairly, fairly simple uh, language to learn. There's Google has done a great job of um, really spreading that awareness and building community around Flutter, um, and really just having a lot of resources, documentation, uh, video, just like there's so much uh, just support and resources around Flutter and they're continuing to just build and expand on it. So Flutter is another friendly language to try to, oh, excuse me, a friendly framework to uh, play around with if you have the time and the patience to uh, play around with uh a new language, which is Dart. That's really interesting. I didn't know that Dart was the language and then Flutter was the framework because I'd heard about all these things. But when you're not in the realm of like mobile dev or backend dev, for example, like you hear frameworks for backend dev and I'm like, I didn't even know that was a framework. Um, so, you, so that explanation was really spot on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, some people, they because it Flutter, I don't know why Flutter is more uh, kind of it has more visibility than the actual language Dart. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. So people don't know that Dart is, you know, you have to learn Dart, uh, and, but how they have you kind of get started, it's just the, the onboarding is really, really easy. They've done a great job with, uh, all the resources for onboarding, um, new developers and new developers who are trying to learn. Um, so it's really great. I'm, I'm just a fan of like, uh, great developer experiences. So yeah. <laughs> so iOS development. When you're when you're getting started iOS development, of course there's the uh, there's the King Apple kind of situation, right? Where everyone knows that you have to use an Apple 
you know, an Apple language to build on uh, an Apple platform, you know, using an, an Apple uh, built, you know, IDE <laughs> and, uh, you know, to build for Apple uh, devices, you know, to build Apple products for Apple devices. So that's kind of the hierarchy there and where it gets really niche. Okay. And I won't say tricky because for, for a lot of reasons, it can be a lot more convenient because it's more, um, it's more focused. It's more narrow. You, you kind of know where, um, all the things are there. There are a lot less, it's a lot less, um, variability in platforms that you can use, right? So, you know, there's a straight line when it comes to this path of iOS development. So, um, yeah, so let's say you just want to get started right now. The, uh, primary language for iOS development is Swift. So you ladies like familiar with Swift or like, how do you feel about Swift? I tried to read a book on it once and I got like four pages in and I'm like, I'm not. Oh, no. For this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is like, you. <laughs> like reading books about this is probably not the best way to get excited about it. Like I should have watched a course, but at the time I didn't know about online. Yeah. Courses. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And I wish you would have come to me. Yes. We need to, we, <laughs> this was back when I was, I was back in college at the time. Like, I think I was probably a sophomore in college and I was like, oh, mobile dev looks cool. And then I didn't know that there's a whole online ecosystem for learning. Oh my gosh. I mentored a middle school hackathon and they were all using Swift, but that's my only experience with Swift is mentoring that like oh, a wow. bunch of middle schoolers. Wow. <laughs> it, you know what? And to hear you say, you're like, oh my gosh, like Swift is not so exciting. I like beginner friendly. No, like, because here's the thing. I always, my, I always base my grounds on like promoting Swift. I'm like, it's so, so simple to get started. It's so, so easy. So, um, so clean, so precise, you know, (laughs) that's kind of like my whole spiel on (laughs) Swift and granted, like, you know, Swift came out, uh, Swift is about, I don't know, six years old. It's still not that old. So like, that was another thing when it first came out. Um, it, Cause you know, Objective-C was the primary language for like over three decades for iOS development. And then Swift just came out like six years ago. And uh, so people were a little bit skeptical. It was something that was super new. And of course, there wasn't a lot of resources around it to get started. It was just new. Uh, but people who were in the iOS uh, uh, community, they were a little more like, oh, okay, this is simple. This is something, um, you know, and yeah, so it's it's a little bit, it's, it's tricky because like it's still kind of a new net language, but it has grown so much in terms of like resources and like getting started. And like, it's, so, I, I promise you, it's so much easier to get started now with Swift and like Swift has grown actually in so many different ways. You don't even have to build for iOS development with Swift primarily anymore. Like Swift has grown in so many ways. Like you can use Swift on the server now. I'm sure you've seen some things about um, server-side Swift. Um, you might have seen some things like, and, and like big companies are adopting it. Um, you know, there's AWS and, um, you know, just there's so, so many 
different platforms are like really starting to add on, you know, support for Swift. Um, so yeah, you can use Swift on the back end. Uh, you can, you know, Swift is also an open source language now. So that opened up a whole, a whole kind of thing where now the community is able to contribute and like build this language together. So that was a huge, huge deal. Um, but yeah, so like just getting started with, um, iOS development, primary language, you want to learn Swift. Um, you want to, uh, you know, of course, Xcode is the uh, primary um, IDE. Now, again, Swift has grown in uh, support. So now you can use it with, um, you can use it with Sublime. You can use it with all these different, like, um, all these different IDEs now. Um, so it's not just limited to uh, Xcode, which is different for people in the iOS community, we're also, we always used to like, oh, building for iOS, you have to use Xcode. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit refreshing, but I would recommend starting with Xcode because you have all the native components when it comes to uh, building for an iOS experience, um, a true native iOS experience. So definitely uh, uh, using Xcode to build. Um, also, uh, being a part of Apple's developer program, okay, um, which is about, I believe it's $100 a year, um, $99 a year to um, be a part of and just, you know, have that membership. What that does is that gives you a developer profile to uh, publish, to be, uh, you know, to publish your app into the app store. Um, and so, yeah, so you, you kind of have that $99 a year membership, uh, and that allows you to properly, um, test out via Xcode, test out your applications and also publish them, um, via the, um, in the app store. So you want to do that, um, and build, just building out, you want to learn as much as possible. Um, there's YouTube. There's, I'm going to shout out myself. Um, <laughs> I, I put out a lot of like iOS content, um, you know, and even just my old content as well. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm available on Twitter as well. You can always ask me any kind of like iOS questions or just mobile questions. Uh, but just getting started, there's like Apple does a great job of, um, documentation as well and providing, a platform for onboarding. And it's such a huge, huge community to be a part of. Uh, there's so many different resources just to get started and build something super simple and super cool, um, especially using uh, Swift. Um, and it's really, and Swift is also really good. Like if you're coming from a JavaScript um, background, it's, uh, there's a lot of familiarity in the syntax. Um, so that that's probably the best, the best thing. And it's grown so much. Um, like I said, since like six years ago when it first came out, it's, it's gotten a lot simpler, a lot uh, more performative, um, just a lot, just faster. And the syntax has gotten a lot smoother and, you know, Swift is really a language that is really built on just, uh, legibility and just being concise and precise. And, yeah. So, you know, that's, the, that's kind of the jumpstart kit. 
for getting into iOS development. That's awesome. I think you touched on this, but how do you actually get your app accepted and published onto the App Store? Oh, that is a great question. That is a great question because sometimes, like you, you're scared to get your uh, your 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 foot through the door, uh, and you're just like trying to get past. You know, you're past the hello world, but you're you're really just in project land, and you you don't want to limit yourself in terms of. Uh, not actually publishing something. That's what really pushed me through the door and getting my um, my first iOS engineering role. Being a college dropout, I did not have um, the opportunity to uh, have an internship or be eligible for an internship. I didn't have any prior experience. I really had to go on whatever I had done on GitHub. And I said, what can I do to stand out? Um, and I wanted to publish something, uh, into the app store. And that was kind of, that kind of beefed me up, um, just being, you know, having something that was published, um, and users were actually using. So, all right. So step one, before anything, before you get too happy and you're like, yes, yes, yes. I want to, uh, publish the things I want to do all the things. Well, um, I would definitely strongly encourage you to, Make sure that your app complies with the uh, Apple design guidelines, okay? So you want to review the Apple design guidelines. You can Google it. You can go on Apple's uh, website, and you can look uh, up the uh, Apple design guidelines. And really, they want to know, um, you know, they're, they're going to re- do a review process, um, which I've heard uh, my first application, um, I got super, super blessed with his it was, um, you know, I think it took like five days at the time. I think the average time took about eight days, but I've heard horror stories of three weeks, a month. Um, and I've heard like horror stories of, um, not only just, uh, the waiting time, but also having the app go through several different rounds of review, just because again, there was something was super buggy, um, it didn't just, com- it just didn't comply with the design guidelines. So I, I made sure I did my research. Okay. So before you submit, you want to make sure that you test your app for crashes and bugs, right? Um, you want to ensure that, you know, all the app information and metadata is, uh, complete and, uh, accurate. Um, you want to make sure that, you know, you enable all like your backend, if you're using a third party, you enable, uh, you know, your backend services. So it just basically make sure it's in its full form. Okay. Um, so that the, uh, reviewers can properly kind of go through the process, whatever the, the user is going to do, they need to be able to like go through the whole, uh, flow. Okay. And again, complying with those design guidelines and making sure that, you're using assets that are uh, legal to use. Also, they're looking that up as well. <laughs> um, I myself, I used to use, um, and you can always create your own, right? You can use like Sketch or Figma or whatever whatever uh, platforms you use to like create your own assets um, in a mobile app. But you can like, um, there's different websites that you can use that you can, ha- they allow you to um, add them into your application that are free, that are royalty free, that are um, free for creative use. Um, and yeah, but you want to make sure all of that is kind of like 
cool and um, they want to make sure there's no like, I mean, I don't want to say uh, plagiarism, but more so like you're not stealing assets, basically. Um, yeah. So basically keeping up with those design guidelines, making sure it's nice and um, bug free for the most part. Um, the average time, like I said, you submit it and average time for review is like five to seven days. Uh, and voila, your app should be live and running and in users hands in no time. That's awesome. That's really great. Um, that's very useful to you because I would never have thought to go look at the design guidelines before just like, I would totally just blind submit it and have no idea, but, um, uh, I'm curious just to kind of like wrap things up. If someone listening is interested in getting into mobile dev or they're about to have their first interview, what can they expect out of a, a mobile development technical interview? Oh, yes. So let me speak to especially like the, the iOS interview process. Uh, and this it's different. So, for example, um, I've interviewed with Apple before. Uh, so and this is like, I would say fairly recent. Um, so I believe it's still quite the, actually it is more in the, quite the same. I've, I've spoken with uh, a few peers of mine and the, the interview process is, uh, pretty much kind of the, the same flow. Um, it's one of the better interview processes also, um, basically, um, after applying, you have an initial, uh, call, um, just kind of seeing where your interests are, um, where your you know, where your skills lie. And then it's elevated to, it's elevated to someone else, uh, someone who is a little more technical and it's still not a, a, a technical, like, uh, like debriefing where they're just like really, really going, going in on you. It's again, just to see where your skill set is. They're not giving you any like trick questions or anything. They're just really trying to see where you are. And then they say, okay, well, we're going to send you a coding project and they give you a timeline. They say, don't spend uh, more than however many hours on it. Usually maximum four. They say, Hey, don't spend any more than four hours. It really shouldn't, um, you know, expect you to spend more than that. But, but they still give you, um, they don't do like the time tests or any like, um, specialized, um, tests like that. Uh, it's really more so like uh, the coding project is like build an app that uses this framework, this framework that does this. And this is like a, a real world type app. So let's say, okay, build an app that uses the, uh, iTunes API and, um, you know, it, it has images, you know, so we want the images to be, um, you know, cached, um, we want this, we want that. We want to be able to categorize the, um, the catalog in the iTunes, uh, API. And, uh, yeah, so you basically go through all of this. You, you build the application. They give you a couple of days to, um, submit, you submit it, they do a review, uh, and the, um, they have someone kind of call back and the callback, again, is not to grill you. It's just to go through whatever the process is. What, you know, what, what did you do to accomplish this? And any other questions that they have about uh, your code, the project in general, um, challenges you've had, X, Y, and Z. So 
And then they kind of move forward from there. Um, I think there's a panel interview as well. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully, hopefully a positive decision is reached after that and uh, offer, you know. So that, that's more so on like just for Apple uh, in itself. I do feel like that's more of the that's probably the better side of the iOS interview process. But it defers so much. Um, interviewing for startups can vary. Like it, it varies from company to company. So like for startups, um, you typically get someone, you know, you go through the, the phone call or whatever, and then you do, uh, you, you get on the phone with someone and you have some form of a technical screen where they're throwing questions at you that have to do with um, the Swift language. So they're questioning you on syntax. They're questioning you on frameworks. They're giving you scenarios. They're questioning, they're questioning you on terminology. You know, what is an optional? Uh, describe to me what happens um, in um, threading, uh, you know, multi-threading. Describe to me that process. Describe to me, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and you kind of just go on from there, just they're kind of quizzing you. And then from there on, it can be, um, some form of a coding, um, like, uh, you know, uh, it can be, a um, more of an on-screen technical, uh, yeah, like an on, like a, uh, an on-screen, like technical screen. So basically you having whatever their, uh, browser based IDE is, <laughs> um, and kind of coding like pair programming or they watch you kind of solve um, a problem using Swift. So yeah, it can vary from there. Um, and if you're going for other than, you know, besides Apple, if you're going for a, a top tier company such as, um, and this is where it kind of deviates, you're going from a top tier, you're going to a top tier company such as like Facebook. I've had, so I've had a, a, a trick interview process with Facebook actually. So, um, I had, and an, we had the initial call and I thought the initial call was just going to be, you know, just like every other initial call, we're, we're just going over like skills and, you know, um, compatibility in terms of like the role and things of that nature experience. Um, but then at the end, they just threw in the technical questions. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so like, so the recruiter... Mm -hmm threw in the technical questions and they were mostly like iOS Swift based. Um, it threw me off guard, but I passed. And then they were like, okay, so next up we're going to do, um, we're going to do a coding project. And then after the coding project, we're going to do, um, we're going to have the review, right? We're going to have, you know, again, the, the engineer kind of review that, um, but also we're going to, after that, we're going to kind of test you on data structures and algorithms, like, um, kind of getting into more of the CS theory bag. So I'm like, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> like, okay. So I have to like study way off, you know, I, I always get thrown way off whenever I have to go into that bag because, it's so long. Like think about the, the time span, right? You're working on something, you know, you're, you're building, you're using these different technologies. You're doing great in this, in this, um, specified 
tech stack or realm, right? And then, you know, you're doing that for, I don't know, anywhere from uh, six months to like two years at this one company. And then you say, hey, I want to move on to another company. And, you know, you have to prepare something totally different outside of your skill set um, for the interview process. But they still, you know, in the role, they don't want you to use any of those skills that you just studied for. They want you, they want you to, they're hiring you for the skills that you've had from your prior role. So, you know, having to go back into that college bag, it's always just ugh, a drag. Mm-hmm. Because it's always so long in between those times where I have to study. And it's just for such a momentary situation, you know? For sure. Interviews are such a messy process across tech, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so, so much again for joining us on the show today and teaching us all about mobile development. Um, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I, you can find me all throughout the internets. Um, the internets. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm mostly active on Twitter um, at Tamira J. So T-I-M-I-R-A-H-J. Um, you can tweet me, you can follow me, you can DM me. My DMs are always open. Um, ask me questions, collaborate on things, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, follow me on Twitter. Um, also the same Tamira J on, um, Instagram, um, connect with me on LinkedIn, Tamira James. And okay. Yeah. My, I'll just put, throw my website out there too. TamiraJames.com. Yeah. And well, we're going to be linking all of these in the show notes. If you want to go check out Tamira and the best part is she is available for hire. So if you are interested in hiring Tamira, if you want her for a dev evangelist role, um, where's the best place people can contact you for that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe Twitter is still the, probably the best forum to get me. It's very immediate and very like, um, you know, just uh, my DMS are always open. So if you want to reach me, you can definitely get me on Twitter. Um, and you can connect with me also on LinkedIn, Tamira James on LinkedIn. And I am looking for more of the DevRel role. So anything again, to make other developers lives easier. That's like, that's my passion. That's right up my alley and building communities and, um, just bettering the developer ecosystem. That's really where my heart is. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It was like such a pleasure, especially because I knew nothing about mobile dev and it's always fun to talk to you. I'm, you know, we didn't get to talk as much as I wanted to in Amsterdam. So I'm really excited that you are willing to come on and and teach us about. Absolutely. I could go like, as you can see, I can go on and on, you know, um, (laughs) I I really love it. It's good. It means you're passionate. (laughs) Um, So we like to wrap things up here by doing a shout out to either someone or something that we are thankful for, or we think is really cool. We want to share with uh, the listeners. So what, or who would you like to shout out? I would like to shout out everyone who has contributed to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I would like to shout out everyone who has, um, and, and I mean that in every way, whether you've protested, whether you've contributed, whether you've done something to amplify Black voices, whether you've reached out to a coworker to just um, check on them, um, you know, whether you have just raise, you know, just elevated your, your, your own, uh, voice and pains. 
um, throughout the the Black Lives Matter um, movement that that's going on right now. It's totally appreciated. I want to shout out people who are struggling right now um, through everything that has been so traumatic for all of us. Um, this this troubling time. People who are dealing with uh, mental health issues, um, who are dealing with that before all of this was going on and who are just fighting through that and trying to um, just keep keep their heads above water. Um, and people, again, who are um, also fighting to, you know, for, for jobs, who have lost jobs in this time and in this climate, in this weird time that we're in, and who are also going through these interview processes. So I really hope that what I said, anything of what I said, helped you with any kind of clarity. Um, I want to be a resource to you. Like I said, you can reach me on Twitter at Tamara J. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Um, But I want to let all those people know that you are seen, you are heard, you are appreciated, you are loved at this time. And, um, you know, I I just want to acknowledge you right now. Oh, that's really, that was... I don't have words. <laughs> Thank you for Absolutely. that. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. How about you, Ali? What would you like to shout out? I don't know how to follow that She's one like, up. Uh, um, my cousin. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so a project that I think is really, really cool right now is the Web Modernization API. So there is this project to fund content creators through a subscription type model. And every time that somebody who is subscribed to the service visits your site, you make income off of that without advertising, without um, any kind of sketchy things. And I think that it could lead to a more ethical web. And so it's a movement that I'm really excited about. Dev2 just uh, integrated into their platform. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. Emma, how about yours? So I'm reading this book called The Courage to be Disliked. And it's the Japanese phenomenon that shows you how to change your life and achieve real happiness. And it's very interesting because it it feels like a nonfiction book, but it, I think it's based on like Greek and German philosophy. And it's a conversation between a philosopher and a student. And um, I've learned a lot. Like one of the things that we mentioned earlier was focus on yourself, compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not other people around you. Um, and there are a lot of really g- great sentiments coming out of that. So if you are looking for a book to kind of change your mindset, um, whether that's, you know, I think in our education episode, we talked about fixed versus growth mindset. Uh, it touches on some of those principles as well. Um, highly recommend it. So, um, you know, just I just want to give one more thank you to Tamira for joining us today. And uh, if you like this episode, just tweet about it. You know, we love reading your feedback. Also, feel free to connect with Tamira on Twitter and LinkedIn. We have those linked down below. And we post new podcasts every Monday. So just make sure to be subscribed to be notified and leave us a review. Have a nice Monday. Bye.